0: Praise the Lord. Everybody stand to your feet. Come on, let's put our hands together. Oh, come on, you can do better than that tonight. Woo! Come on, let's give a shout unto God with a voice. Wow, so good to see you in the house this evening. I am so excited about what God's going to do now what I'm going to ask you to do right now I want this entire front to be filled up with worshipers folks that are going after God tonight I just want you to go ahead and make your way toward the front fill the aisles as you're grabbing your Bibles I want you to go to Revelation chapter 5 we welcome all of the viewers from around the world hundreds of thousands of people watching From the Middle East to Australia to New Zealand, Canada, Tokyo, China, come on now, the Philippines, Zimbabwe, South Africa. We get reports that people are watching from all over the world. Let's put our hands together and welcome the ISN network, would you right now? Yes. We love so very much Sid Roth and all that he does for the kingdom of God. I have such anticipation for tonight. Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. Then he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now listen. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp, a golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and you have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and the number of them were 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. A hundred million angels saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such are on the sea and all that are in them, I heard them say, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Close your eyes. It's very soft. You worthy Let's join the elders
1: into you are of kings you deserve the glory come on let's join that 100 million voice choir you were the old. Forth tonight, I just want to sing it. You are worthy of it. Is worthy. Is yours.
0: in this house as your children sit at your feet. Do what you please with no limitations, no constraints. We give you the room just voices only. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together. Magnify the King. My goodness. The presence of the Lord is in this house. So thankful that you're here. Would you greet about five to ten people around you as you make your way back to your seats? Welcome to the North Georgia Revival. God bless you. revival week number 86 week number 86 he is worthy he is worthy he is worthy who would have ever thought that that in uh 80 plus weeks ago 86 to really 90 weeks ago walking across this platform seeing a baptismal pool full of water with fire on top of it that we would be baptizing people tonight from all over the world encountering the presence of the Lord. Not only here tonight, but Pastor Robbie Mathis is in Chipley, Florida, preaching tonight, baptizing people. Pastor David Edmondson is in Louisiana preaching tonight. They'll be baptizing people. So we're really thrilled at what God is doing across the nation. And we want to pray for those men in just a moment. But it is a delight to have you here this evening. Who is here for the very first time? Is this is your first time at the North Georgia Revival? God bless you. Wow. Wow. Do we have anybody here from out of the country? Anybody here from out of the country tonight? Anybody? Anybody? Yes. From way over here. Where are you from? I didn't hear that. West Africa. God bless you, my friend. Yes. Anybody else from out of the out of the country that traveled here to be here tonight, all the way in the back, right here, uh, to this right here? Yes. From Hong Kong, yeah, yes. Praying for the believers in Hong Kong that they will be strong in Jesus' name. Right over here, yes. From France, all right, welcome, yes. Glad to have you guys so, so much. Yes. Where was that? South Africa? Rwanda. Wow. Thank you. Oh, he will not disappoint you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else from uh, around outside the country? Who is here from out of state? Lift your hand. Anybody here from out of state? God bless you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I want to uh, prepare for an offering here in just a moment, so I want you to, uh, to prepare your gift tonight, and please help us as we host the presence of the Lord and host literally the world and the country. People are coming here from all over to experience the Lord in those waters. We tell everybody there's nothing mystical nor magical about the water. Water is water, but he gave us a vision that he was going to baptize people with Holy Spirit fire in the water. It is a significant point of contact. People are getting touched and people are getting healed, and we rejoice in that, and there are many people here tonight that have experienced a tremendous miracle. I want to um, make sure that you are going to go to the book table. Pastor Don, did you bring your resources tonight? Please, uh, I know that you didn't. You were rushed, but I want you to bring those every time because everywhere I go, I talk about marking the time. What a great work. What a great uh, book that you wrote. Don't you love Pastor Don Allen and the Church of Warhill? Yes. Yes. Praise the Lord. I understand y'all baptized Wednesday night. Pastor Robbie Mathis was in your building last night. Or last Wednesday night and last Sunday, fire God has hit War Hill, amen? Yes. Please go by the book table and grab a, a couple of works that uh, that I have written called He Sat Down and He Sent Him. The white one is very essential to the work of God that God has done to prepare our house to be able to host His presence. So pick those up at the table. We would appreciate that. Before we receive our offering, where is Heather Uh, Stark? Come here, Heather, if you will. This is Heather Jackson. Would you make her feel welcome, if you would, please? All right, let's step out here. Um, I wanted to build your faith tonight, and I wanted to let you hear a miracle that has happened right here in these waters. How many of you really believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? And that he changes not. And what he did in the Bible days, he wants to do in our, in our day and time. So something really significant happened in her life. Uh, this is uh, Heather Jackson, uh, lived in Nevada, has been here in this area since when? We came in June. You came in June, and you came because you have heard about what God was doing in the baptistry.
2: Yes, well, two years ago, God actually told us that our time in the desert was going to be coming to an end and that we were going to be moving. We didn't know where we were going to be moving to. Last August, I started watching the revival online. Um, My cousin, Lolly Elliott, um, attends here, and she's been involved with the revival, and she says, Heather, you have to watch this revival. So God had it to where we didn't know where we were going to be when I started watching it, but we ended up moving about 15 minutes away from here. So...
0: (laughs) Praise God.
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) So your condition, you and your family came. There's a couple pictures. I want them to show the pictures up on the screen of uh, you and your family. This is when you guys were uh, baptized. And uh, so what was your condition, Heather, before you got into the water?
2: Well, when I was diagnosed it um, I was 18 when I was diagnosed with a thyroid issue. And so I have been on thyroid medication for 22 years and even on medication, they could never get my thyroid right. I was always struggling with it and it wreaked havoc on my whole entire body.
0: For how many years? 22. 22. So you said, well, I'm going to go to this Dawsonville revival. I had heard about the miracles and, um. And here's your baptism with your husband and your entire family tell me what you thought when you first got into the water
2: well when I first got into the water we actually um, have five children and one of our daughters was born without um, a big portion of her brain missing and we really felt just moving here to Georgia we felt like the one word I told Pastor Marty is we just need restoration in our life I did not say I need God to heal my thyroid however God knew, and he knew what he was doing. I went in obedient because I promised God when we got here, I was ready to fly from Nevada a lot of times just to get in the water, but we held off, and once we moved here, I said, God, I promise you we're going to get in there, and whatever you want to do with our family, we're going to accept it.
0: Oh, that's faith. That's faith. So you got baptized August the 28th. Yeah, so that's just a month ago.
2: It is. It's been, yeah, so I want to back up though really quick because when we were being baptized, we were sitting in the back and there was a little girl named Hope that was there that night and she was in a wheelchair and Pastor Marty was baptizing her. And when they said she has a genesis of the corpus callosum, I sat there and I started weeping because my daughter's sitting there with the same exact diagnosis. And I said, God, if you brought me here only to pray for Hope, it's fine with me because I watched my eight-year-old daughter missing her brain go to that little girl in a wheelchair put her hands on her and start praying for her and I said God if this is it I'm gonna praise you because God he'll use us he'll use us in the middle of our trials in the middle of our circumstances to touch people for him and I sat there and I mean I was bawling back there and I said okay Lord maybe that was it but I was happy with that but then I got in the water And I'm telling you, I was like, Lord, let's do this. You know, whatever you have for us. But I'll tell you, when I got out of the water, I had the worst headache that I had had. But what I did is I got out of that water. I said, God, thank you because you're doing something. You're healing me. I am not going to accept this headache. And I just kept saying it, Lord, thank you, thank you. And I took my medicine the next day on Monday and I had the worst headache and I felt so horrible. And I was like, oh man, Lord, God, thank you for whatever you're doing, but I feel really bad right now, and I never forget to take my medicine, but I forgot to take it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I was like, ooh, I better take my medicine. So Friday, I took it. I took it. I ended up in bed all day long with a headache, and I was so exhausted, and God told me, Heather, your medicine's making you sick. I healed you, and I was like, ah! Okay, Lord. I just kept walking and every day, like my husband came home for work and I said, Nick, God healed me. I said, I haven't had neuropathy in my feet because if I missed one dose of my medicine, I could not fill my feet and I felt horrible. And I said, Nick, God's healed me. And I told my doctor, I said, I need my levels checked. She goes, well, you gotta wait a while for that. So I got my levels back this week.
0: So let's take a look at those. Pull those up on the screen if you guys, fellas, if you can. So describe this.
2: Okay, so that's my free T4. And as you can see, the line right there um, towards, I guess your left is what it was back in July. That's on medicine. The one up there, you can see it's gone up to 1.01 on nothing for two months. They took that after two months of me being on nothing. On September 25th, I took that test. And then the next one, I think, this is the one that's awesome. So this is me on thyroid medicine. My TSH level was 0.03. It was like gone. Even on medicine. There it is now at 1.31 and on nothing.
0: Come on, stand to your feet, church.
3: That is amazing.
0: That's a miracle right there. That the Lord touched you in those waters right there. How have you been doing?
2: in the waters, and parents, I want to encourage you, because I really feel like God wanted me to say this. If you have kids here, and you have had a hard time in worship just because they have been all over you, God's getting ready to do something, because I sat there with my five kids, and I was trying to worship, and I had kids climbing all over me. I'm like, Lord, this is hard. They are being wild monkeys right now, but God met us in the water, so be encouraged, because the enemy sometimes will use those things to discourage you to say, why did you come tonight? But I promise you, God is here. God is going to meet you. And you will never be the same, not for yourself, but for the glory of God, so that you can go and you can tell people.
0: Praise God. Thank you, Miss Heather. Oh, what a testimony. Come on, one more time. Give the Lord a praise. Yes, Lord Jesus. Ah, He is so good. Just remain standing. We do not... We do not worship the water. The water, there's nothing magical in the water. It is, he is touching people in the water. Isn't our God good? Oh, so let's receive an offering right now. Ushers, would you come forward? Let's give generously, if you would, to help us. It's right around $3,500 to $4,000 now to host a revival every Sunday night and all of us doing something tonight will help us be able to do that and beyond and we appreciate that so you can text to give there'll be a uh, right here a, a secure way to give you can text uh, to give any amount and all of that would be appreciated appreciative and we rejoice in what the father is doing so father we thank you for the opportunity to give tonight we come not just simply to take but Lord we will sow seed so that others in the weeks and months and years to come can experience what you're doing here Father we thank you for what you did for Heather I thank you in advance what you're going to do for another Heather tonight and Bill and Rick and Tammy and people from West Africa, Tokyo Hong Kong the Netherlands France from coming from Fort Worth from Anaheim that you're rocking this nation and we bless you to be able to be a part of that and everybody said amen amen you may be seated in the house and as you give uh, we appreciate that I want to introduce our speaker but before I do that I I want to share with you what happened to me on Thursday. Thursday in the sanctuary, praying. I was uh, I came in from Kentucky, flew in, came here to spend a few moments. And Pastor Don, the Lord gave me an insight and a vision of where God was, what God was doing in this phase of the revival. From right about here. Six to eight feet wide, I saw fire billowing out, molten lava down, and spreading to the altar. The Lord is saying, I'm extending the fire on the water, but I'm I'm, I'm extending it here, and this fire will be for a different purpose than that will be. I really felt like the Lord was saying this was going to be evangelistic. People set on fire. That they're going to be changed by my strength and might here but there will be a baptism of fire for evangelism for witnessing for power for laying hands on the sick out in the community over the next several weeks and months we're going to see this altar become like liquid fire hallelujah so just make that a matter of prayer so honored to have pastor um, Don Allen at the church at War Hill to be here tonight. But before he comes, I want to show a quick video of what happened in the congregation. I think a couple, was it Wednesday night or the week before that? Two Wednesday nights or a couple weeks ago at the church at Warhill. It's going to be kind of noisy in the background because they're still having church. Pastor Don interviewed an incredible lady with a phenomenal testimony. So let's watch that on the
3: side screens if we would, guys. Thank you. Hey guys, we're right in the middle of God showing up, doing some great things. And this wonderful lady was just sharing with me about, She you say his name, Barry Brown? Barry Brown. He's from where?
2: Charlotte, North Carolina.
3: And he came to North Georgia. North
2: Georgia Revival.
3: Got in the water.
2: Got in the water. August Two 11th. A, 2 a.m. 2 a.m. He his sister went back to the doctors. He had cirrhosis of the liver. The doctors are in amazement. We are so thankful. Healed so by the blood of
3: Jesus healed Christ. By the
2: blood of Jesus. Praise
3: God. You man walking and testifying. Praise God. Hey, don't miss what God's doing in North Georgia oh, yes. Revival. 6 p.m. Oh. Sunday nights. God Amen. bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank
0: you. Hi, God keeps doing it. Standing you feet. Help me welcome the man of God tonight. Pastor Don Allen at the church at War Hill. Let him know you love him. Come on. Let's expect God to do some crazy and mighty things.
3: Give Jesus a hand tonight. Lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, what an honor it is to be here with you tonight. I uh, I just count it a joy. I had to preach a message this morning. We've seen lives change, souls saved, people delivered, and uh, in the last uh, three of our four campuses have been baptizing in the last week. God's been saving me. I watched a man last night, tears streaming down his face. He said, my mom died at 11, I turned to drugs at 12, but tonight that all ends right here. And God's <laughs> saved him, and I believe we are going to set him free, man. Well, I, I want to preach, and I, I'll try my best to, to, to get over there, but I just want to talk for a minute. Can I talk for just, you like, <laughs> you have the mic. I just want to talk with you for just a moment. Pastor Martin, he's like, talk all you want, Pastor, amen. You know I love you, thankful for you, thankful. Uh, Christina and I, what an honor it is to call the pastors and leaders of this revival, our, our, our close friends, and we have learned to love each one of them. But tonight, we want to extend uh, just a moment and ask you to help us to honor a, a, a couple that literally are nonstop for 86 weeks. Would you help me honor Pastor Todd and Karen Smith tonight? Would you help us tonight? Amen. You don't have something to go on for eighty six weeks without somebody being marked. I I sat with John Kilpatrick. Now, hold hold state keep standing, standing. I sat with John Kilpatrick, and I said, how did you know it was revival? He said, well, first off, I couldn't get off the floor for six months. That's the Brownsville revival. He said, but then I knew it was revival because I fought hell. I fought hell because revival has a cost. And we, I get, you know, I've been able to preach all over, and this revival is spreading, literally spreading. But they have been fighting hell so that people can keep coming and receiving. So let's let them know one more time tonight how thankful we are for them. Amen. You are loved. You are loved. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Like I said, I just want to talk to you for just just a few moments uh, before we begin the message uh, Time tonight. The last time I preached here, I, I, how many of you were here that night? Anybody here that night? Yeah, I preached with a, a donkey jawbone, and I preached myself from that corner all the way to that corner. And here was the plan. I mean, you know, you have a plan. Here was the plan. I dropped that or actually handed it to Pastor David Edmondson and then I went around the corner and I was coming out to get in the water to help Pastor Marty for about three hours baptized so you could be delivered. That's the plan. That's what I thought was the plan. I told Marty, you be ready. Be ready. I'm going to end up in that water. Be ready. So I I literally, I, I wear everything so I can just go straight in the water. I kicked my shoes off, come around that corner, I hit the water. And I was preaching about the anointing that burned the ropes off of Samson's life. And I'm telling you, I baptized, I don't know how many hours in this revival, but there was fire that started climbing all over, stuff in my life. And and, and all of a sudden, I was like, mm, no, Lord. <laughs> and the Holy Ghost is like, mm. And I did not help Marty at all that night. They floated this fat boy out of the water. I'm telling you. And God burned some stuff off of me that night. Come on now. I'm going to declare it again. God burned some stuff off of me, and I'm I'm not going back. (laughs) Needless to say, I've not gotten too close tonight. Amen. But, um. Good things, good things happening. The Lord's been stretching me, stretching me uh, some. Where's Pastor Will at? Where's, where's Pastor Will? Come here, Pastor Will, just, just a minute. Hey, Pastor Will pastors our, our uh, east camp, uh, west, somewhere over in Canton. All right, and so come on, make him welcome as he comes. Come on down here just a minute. So Pastor Will's gonna be me for just a moment. All right going to be me for just a moment. Don't say amen, amen, and amen or anything like that. But so I, I'm, I'm preaching at a revival that, that's a part of what God's doing here, and I, I, I poured my heart out, and I was actually going to take a try to make a beeline to get here because our team was baptizing that evening, and and as I go to leave, this couple says to me, will you pray for us? And there are a couple connected to, to uh, what God's doing through the oil Bible, and they said, will you pray for us? And I said, well, yeah, I'll... I'll I'll pray for you. And that means when you ask somebody to pray for you, that means I'm going to let you pray for me. All right? Not I'm going to turn around and pray for you. But I pray for them and the next thing I know, this big old man reaches out and grabs hold of me like this. Starts praying in the Holy Ghost. And I'm I'm like, "Lord, thank you for whatever you're doing." So what I didn't tell you was that morning while I was in our third service, I've, I've been needing to have something done in my body uh, surgery-wise for about two years now, and it hurts so bad on Sundays. I'll come in here and preach sometimes, and I'm just in utter pain, and, and I was hurting so bad after preaching that fourth time on that day. and, 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 and he's, he, I'm thinking, brother, I'm tired. I'm hurting. I still got to go to Dawsonville and baptize a little while, and, and, and he's just praying in the Holy Ghost. And, and all of a sudden, that, that man, just put your hands kind of like this right here. That man, and this is where you hurt, right here, okay? All right, well, it's actually the other side, but, but, but well, there, thank you. All right, <laughs> that works. And that man, he's praying for me, and he's like, oh, you know, he's praying in tongues, and all of a sudden he goes, he goes and I'm gonna hurt you here, but he goes, in Jesus' name. I thought, it better be God or you're dead right here. And he just starts praying in tongues, and he's pushing deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, and he pulled out his hand, and I hadn't heard an ounce since. Come on now. God's good. Why don't you give that kind of God a praise? Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. I said the Lord's a healer. He's a healer. He's faithful. Well, I feel like I just preached here a few weeks ago, but I feel like I, I hadn't been able to share it with you, so I'm just going to tell you one more story. I'm going to preach. It's okay. Give me time. I'm building your faith up here. Amen. So I, did you hear we went to D.C.? And so we got, we go to D.C. What a powerful time it was. Oh, man, it was it was it was something to see, and and and, and you know, it, it, it just a special time in the presence of God as people are being healed and delivered, and but we got to go into the U.S. Capitol building. And I thought to myself, Lord God in heaven, you have brought a group of revival-fired pastors to the Capitol building, and the first thing they said is, "Can you please behave?" Well, I don't think many of them noticed. I don't know if you noticed this initially, but what they gave us was not the tourist pass that you'd had the day before. They gave us the pass that they give the ambassadors, the official business pass. And I realized something. We were ambassadors of another kingdom as we were walking in through the ambassador's door. Come on now. Amen. And ambassadors of another kingdom. And so when we got inside of there, I was, I was just kind of watching, you know, and they, they tell you where to use your phone, where not to use your phone, and, and I, I'm trying to be submitted and thankful, and, 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 and so I, I, I said, but I, I just snuck over in the corner, and I popped out my phone. And I was like, Lord, please forgive me this one time. Not a good strategy. <laughs> but I said, I called, I called my mama, and I said, Mama, guess where I am? <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. And... And we were having so much fun watching everybody enjoy what God was doing. We got to have communion in the U.S. Capitol building. We got to pray in the U.S. Capitol building. And it was so much fun watching Bishop Lance over there trying not to knock over statues. You know what I'm talking about. Come on now. Amen. Watching Pastor Robbie, he was taking notes like crazy. Watching, my goodness, (laughs) Pastor Marty, you know how he does that. He kind of crosses his arms. He looks over at Miss Paula and goes, my Lord Jesus. Oh. <laughs> my Lord God. Come on now. And I, I got you right. I got you right. Pastor Karen, I knew exactly what she's doing. She's like, what did he say? I said, she's writing Keneo lessons right here in the U.S. Capitol building. Come on. I'm trying my best to behave, trying to submit to the rules. And I realized something. I'm like, where is Pastor Todd? We're all trying to go in a line. They're going stay together. Stay together. We're giving you access you don't get. And Pastor Todd's back there going. Wa-da-da-da-da. He's talking in tongues back there. Oh. And I'm like, I'm like, Lord Jesus, help us. And then all of a sudden, I notice something. We're passing <laughs> Speaker Pelosi's office, and the door's open. <laughs> and Pastor Todd just walking in, going. And I'm like, not in there. Come on now. Amen. I said, I reached out and said, Pastor Todd, this way. (laughs) But what a blessing it was to have that joy. Can I tell you, I don't believe any one of us would have been granted that alone. But because we were together, God opened the secret places and revival has spread even further now. Come on now, amen, amen. There's tears of revival in the carpet of our capital tonight, amen. All right, you better open your Bibles or I'll talk all night. All right, Hebrews chapter 11. If I don't throw mine on the floor here, what's that? Hebrews chapter 11. We're gonna go to verse number 20. Twenty-one. I think I told you I was going to start on 21, but I'm going to start at 20. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 20. We're going to read the word, and then we're going to pray. Why don't you go ahead and stand for the word tonight? It says this, by faith. I feel an urgency in the Holy Spirit tonight, and I want you to get this. By faith, somebody's faith brought you all the way from another country. By faith, watch this. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. I'm supposed to be preaching what I've got planned but let me just go ahead and tell you right now. By faith, I'm here to declare that there's a blessing on your life because good things are about to come to your house. There's opportunities about to come into your life. Deliverance is gonna come and somebody's gonna get healed tonight in this house because of what Jesus is. And if you came in here lost, you are in the right place. Because by faith, I wanna introduce you to one who loves you. Verse 21, by faith, notice this now, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning. I want you to notice this. Leaning on the top of his staff. May the Lord bless his word tonight. Father, I want to thank you for your presence. God, my inabilities need to run into your abilities right now. I simply get to bring what you put in my heart today. Open your word to us. Change our lives. Change our hearts. Change our souls. And Lord, continue to pour out the spirit of revival in this house. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Come on, give God one more praise tonight. Amen. So this, this passage is a very simple passage but has a great truth within the passage. And I wanna challenge you to, to see the truth that is hidden right before your eyes. I want you to, to see what God is speaking to us. And as uh, today, this, this passage, I've loved this passage for many years, but today, as I was praying over this time, the Lord revealed to me something about this truth that we're gonna find in this passage that I had never seen before. You see, the scripture says that it was by faith that Jacob leaned upon, watch this now, he leaned upon his staff and worshiped. Now, we can look at that and we can pick that apart. We can say he was a man of faith. We can look at that and we can pick that apart and, and we can say that he not only was a man of faith, but that he was a, a, a one who took time to worship at the most important parts of his life. And, and all of that is, is powerful and could be a message in itself. But I think we're missing that one part that's somewhat in, in italics in some of your scriptures that he leaned upon his staff. That's very, very important to understand the significance of what we're going to talk about. Now, you need to understand what the staff significance was within the history of a family. The staff significance within the history of a family of Israel and in that region was that it became a testimony of the history of the family, it became a testimony to what God would do because they would record upon the staff, they would record the history, the, the big events, the, the, the birth, the, the, the changes of life, maybe even a famine and those kind of things were recorded on each staff. And so when the elder son would come of age, the father would then pass on the history to the elder son. Watch this now. He would pass the history on to the elder son, and he would then be responsible for protecting the history of that family. Now there's somewhere I want to preach you to in the word of God tonight because there's a victory that you need to receive that I believe is going to help set you free but I want you to understand what God spoke to me today. I've never preached this before. I I, 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 I don't understand why I've missed this but I've always preached this and begin to focus on Jacob's staff at this point but let's focus on that of the elder brother for just a moment. We, we find throughout scripture that their birthrights and their blessings but we don't, we don't find excessively throughout Scripture a history of that rod of the elder brother. But yet we find it in one very key place that that there was a man by the name of Moses who had an elder brother whose name was Aaron, And so Aaron's, and I've never seen this connection before, but Aaron's rod, uh, the Bible tells us, was left in the presence of God. And as a sign being left in the presence of God, the rod of Aaron, the rod of the elder brother, notice this, blossomed, it blossomed in the presence of God. So we, we see the favor of God that came, and God showed me a connectability to that that I want to bring you around to in just a moment. But I, I, he was like, son, focus on the the rod of the elder brother and focus on what God wants to ultimately do in the rod of the elder brother. I've always preached this. I'm not the eldest son. I've always preached this from the from that of the second son whenever I've been privileged to preach on this verse. But, but then God began to remind me something, that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the... Sons and daughters of God. God has one oldest or begotten son that's not adopted, that he's the only begotten son. So thus he has become our elder. Uh, you're not with me now. Jesus has become our elder brother. And I thought about that. I thought, I don't see anywhere in the scripture that Jesus carried a staff. That we don't see anywhere in the scripture that Jesus carried a rod. And then all of a sudden, I remembered something. What we're talking about is somebody who was given a piece of wood that it bears all the marks, watch this, of those who have lived before. And you're trying to carry the weight of those who've lived before. And I said, but Lord, what are you trying to tell me? And I saw, as it were, in my mind, an old rugged cross that bears all the marks of those who've lived before. And I realized that my elder brother picked up every mark of this world and he carried it up a hill and there he died upon it. And so that God has a plan for yet even the cross to blossom. But before the cross can blossom, the elder sons must see the younger brothers and sisters Walk according to God's plan. Now, so if the elder son received the family ancestral rod, then what did the younger son receive? Nothing. He would go out into the wilderness and he would retrieve for himself. a a, a rod, a staff, he would be responsible for starting that historical line of his own family. He would be responsible for starting that, and so he would go out into the wilderness, find that stick that was perfect, and I I like this one because it's got that hand-holding part right there, and and he would go out, and it was his job to pick out what would follow the line that God would give him. And so imagine those days that he went out and he, he thought he'd found the right one and he, and he said, okay, this is it. And, and so he takes it and, and he's sitting around and, and if there's shepherds, as it were, he's sitting around just kind of watching the, the, the sheep. And I, 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 I swung by and got myself a pocket knife. And, and, and so I thought about it. Don't worry, I'm not gonna whittle on your new carpet up here, but listen to me. They all of a sudden... He would pull out that little knife and, and, and he would begin to, to whittle. And as he would begin to whittle into that, that, that new staff, he would be marking whose staff it was. That this is the line that begins, as in this story, begins with Jacob. This is the line that begins with Jacob. This is the mark that this history will run from. From this place forward, you will see the life of Jacob. And so Jacob probably carved many things there upon that staff. There were significant moments when he he had to flee for his life that he probably carved onto that staff. There were other moments that that God blessed him and God gave him uh, 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 the fruit of his hands even when uh, he was being uh, cheated and, and being denied. And I thought maybe he would have carved that moment on that staff. I thought about all the times that he would have put into memory what God had done for him. And he would carry that staff forward. And so we'll come back to this verse in just a moment. But we have to understand that he was not the only second son that had a significant use of the, the, the rod of remembrance in his life. Let's go all the way back to that uh, younger brother of that first one that I mentioned, that Aaron's staff would blossom. But yet Moses was not the eldest son. Moses was the second son. Moses as the second son, he would have to go as he would flee Egypt and he would end up in the desert and and he would begin to live as a shepherd and they all carried their family staff or their staff that they were creating and so Moses would go out and to be one of the guys, he'd go out and he'd find I'm going to need that to protect those flocks that I'm going to watch over. I'm going to need that to, to, to protect those that have been put into my care and so as he would go out, watch this now, he would find that staff and he would begin to carve on that staff the history of Moses's life probably on that staff was a carving that reminded him that he had been drawn from the water probably on that staff there was a carving that reminded him of the house of the Pharaoh that he was raised in Probably on that staff, there might have even been that moment of despair to where he took his future into his own hands and tried to force his way into being what he thought God wanted him to be, and he ended up killing the Egyptian, and he has to flee for his life. In that moment, we maybe even find how God would bring him to a well and there at that well, he would become uh, connected to a young woman who ultimately would become his wife and, and he would probably have marked those things and then, then he might have even recorded or he would have recorded the life of the birth of his two sons. And as he's recording these things, he's walking. And every day, watch this now, every day that he's walking, watch this. See, he's not got a line that's all the way down here because of generations. But every day that he's walking, his hand is on the carvings or on the testimony of what he's carved into that rod. So as he's walking through the desert and he's moving forward, he remembers and he feels that notch and he starts praying for that son. He starts thanking God for that wife. He starts declaring, I'm thankful that God brought me from where I took over my own life and he's given me a new place and a new place to belong and I've got a new future and so he's walking along and all he's doing, watch this now, you've got to watch out because if you start thanking God for what he's done, God's got something new for you. And he's walking along thanking God for what he's done. And as he walks along, thanking God for what he's done, watch this. He sees off in the distance, as it were, a a bush that begins to burn. There's a fire out in the middle of nowhere, and he's watching, and he thinks, well, that's not so unusual. Maybe lightning hit that. It's not uncommon in the desert. But as he's watching, he's thinking, my, that thing's burned for a long time. And so he goes closer. And when he goes closer, he realizes that it's not only still burning, but it's not been consumed. And so as he comes closer to this place, as he steps up closer to this this spot, all of a sudden we see something, we realize something, that the presence of God is there. He recognizes there's something different. There's a voice that speaks to him and tells him, take off your shoes for you're standing on holy ground. And then all of a sudden, God begins to speak to him. By faith, God begins to speak to him of things that are yet to come, blessings that are yet ahead of him, opportunities that are ahead of him, and as he's standing there, I can imagine that he's kind of leaning on that staff. As he's standing there, he's like, God, I don't know how in the world that's going to happen. If you told me this back when I lived in the palace, I would have said, well, I'll get together an army. I'll deliver my people. I'm not sure uh, uh, how it's going to happen, how quickly, but give me a little while God and I'll figure out how to be the deliverer he said God now you've taken me out here in the middle of nowhere and all that my my uh, opportunities are gone God all I am is a man walking around and all I can feel are testimonies of defeat all I can feel are testimonies to where I'm not where I thought I would be in my life all I can feel are the remembrances of moments that though they're wonderful they're not as grandiose as I had planned God speaks to him and says, no, I've chosen you. Watch this. And he said, I want you to go back and I want you to deliver my people. And what did Moses say? He said, watch this now, he said, how will I prove to them that you are with me? And the Lord asked him a very simple question. What do you have in your hand? And his answer was simple. He had a staff or a rod. Now, I've always preached that, that God can take the simple and turn it around. But then God revealed something to me powerful about this truth. What did God tell him to do? He said, cast it before me. Cast it down in front of me. So when he takes that rod and he casts it before him, God then takes what he casts before him and he turns it around. Watch this. He turns it around into a supernatural moment. God says, not only will I turn it into a supernatural moment, but I'll make it more supernatural than the enemies that will rise up against you and try to destroy you and I said God but why do you want me to share this tonight what truth am I supposed to be sharing here and then I began to realize the power of the truth of this moment that when he cast that before him that he wasn't just throwing a rod down before him what he was doing is was saying this Lord I don't know how you can use a man like me I don't know how you can use somebody who's messed up like I've messed up I've blown it I've I've squandered every opportunity you've given me and God I don't know how you can use me but all of us sudden boy I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm about to say to you God said I don't care where you've been and what you've done if you'll throw it before me in my presence I can make it something supernatural I can make it something powerful I will take it and I will use it and so God says give me your testimony but Pastor Don, you don't understand. Nobody here has a record like I have. No, you don't understand. There was one who was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities, and by his stripes your record is healed. In the name of Jesus Christ. But what you got to do is stop holding on and throw it before him. I thought, how good is our God? Now wait a minute. He throws it down and it turns into what? A snake. You see, as he throws it down, he realizes that the bad memories and the struggles that he thought that he was just remembering in positive ways and trying to make the best out of was really something more sinister because God hadn't called him to be looking back over his shoulders. The last one in scripture we saw that happened too. They turned into a pillar of salt. He said, I've not called you to stay focused on all the things that went wrong in your life. I want you to focus on the fact that when you get in my presence and you give me the things that went wrong in your life, I can reveal them for what they really are and I can then set you free and I can deliver deliver you but here's the problem most of us when we get set free we don't want anybody to know about our past Now look I get this but what's the Lord tell him to do next Lord uh, when it was a staff I didn't mind picking it up some of you are crazy You just run over and grab whatever snake there is. But some of us, when we see a snake down there, we're like, Lord, it is your will that that remain right there. Watch this. God said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let it hold you captive anymore. But now I'm going to turn it into a testimony of what God can do with broken people. I'm gonna turn it into a testimony of what God can do when you get in the right atmosphere of his presence. So when Moses went down and he would touch the water or he would raise it over the water or, or, or God would do whatever he would do with that, what God was using was his testimony. God was using a man who no longer was bound by his past He was celebrating that he'd been in the presence of God. May I take you another step further? So there's another story that we missed the beauty of not the second son, not the third son, not the fourth son, not the fifth son. So, I mean, there's no chance in the world. As a matter of fact, this one is considered an illegitimate son because he said, and sin was I conceived. He wasn't even called to dinner when everybody else was called to dinner. And the prophet said, where is that boy? And then there's some people who try to use his story as a way to disprove the word of God because they say over in the, the collection of Samuel, we, we read that, G, uh, that that David was the eighth son, but over in Chronicles, it says he was the seventh son. And they say, well, what's, was, which one's right? Was he the eighth son or the seventh son? But what they're missing is this. They're missing the fact that God says, I'll take the one. Do you know what the eighth son had a right to? Nothing. 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 But the seventh son was the sign of the completion of strength. And God said, I'll take a boy or a woman. I'll take somebody who everybody else has thought, well, they were born messed up. They were they've they messed up their own life. Matter of fact, nobody even calls them in anymore because nobody likes being around them. And he said, watch this now. He said, I will take the one that everybody else thought would never amount to anything, and I'll move them to a new position if they'll learn to get into my presence. And what happened was this. From Samuel over to Corinthians, Chronicles, one of the brothers who had the better position did not either produce a line or they somehow had a great failure. And because they lived in failure, they were removed from the Chronicles because the Chronicles were of those who had produced a righteous line. And so God said, watch this now, when you serve God and you honor God with your life, no matter what position you were born into, somebody might have told you, I didn't plan for you, I didn't want you. But then God looks at you and says, I chose you. I anointed you I appointed you as a watchman on the wall and you start getting into God's presence God will give you a better position in the house because you've honored God now here's the thing nobody offered him a rod so what did he do he got his little knife he went out he picked out the right rod he started carving and on that he carved a few things he might have carved his pain he may have carved his struggles But can I tell you what I would have carved if I were him? I would have carved the face of a lion. I would have carved the face of a bear so that I could remember how my God delivered me from the lion and the bear. Now, some of you are going, well, oh, Pastor Don, what does that have to do with this message? Can I, can I just preach just, how many of you will give me like 10 more minutes? Can I see your hands? 10, 20, 30, 40. We're good. All right. Here we go. Watch this now. Here, I want you to see this. All of a sudden, I'm sorry, that seemed like a trick, but I'm taking it anyways. All right. But all of a sudden. He goes to this valley, and he descends into this valley, there's this giant, and this giant is is, is hurling insults, uh, insults against the people of God, and as he's hurling these insults against the people of God, watch what happens. As he's hurling the insults, we realize that David ends up before the king, and as he ends up before the king, he's given the opportunity to represent the people of God. One of the reasons why he's given the opportunity to represent the people of God, beside the fact that Saul has fought with him before, but he's given the right to... To represent the people of God is because he said, hey, that giant's nothing compared to what I've already taken care of. So then we tell this story. And we draw this beautiful picture. We draw this beautiful picture that says this. that He went down, he picked up five stones, and, and, and so he puts one in his sling. And, and the giant's over there yelling. And, and, and this is the way we kind of, we give him a little bit of swagger and we're like, he walks out. Keep talking, big boy. Can I tell you that is complete hogwash of an image? That is not what the Word says. The word does not say that he walked out onto the battlefield with the sling out of his pouch. It doesn't say that he has the rock already, that he's already twirling it. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, there's somebody who notices very clearly, and I don't know if we have that scripture or not, but there's somebody who notices very, very clearly what uh, is happening at that moment. There's a guy by the name of Goliath, and he is already insulted because he expected a man's man to come out against him. He expected somebody... who who he could look at as a formidable foe to come out against him. And all of a sudden, a young man steps out that everybody else would have looked over, and he steps out on the scene, and this is what the Word of God says. He picked up five stones from a stream. He put them in his shepherd's bag. The, The weapon is still in the bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff. He doesn't even have the sling out yet. Watch this now. And so armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he starts across the valley to fight the Philistine. So when he steps out onto the battlefield, Goliath yells at him and he says, do you think I'm a dog that you're gonna come out here and whip me with a stick? It's what Goliath says. Do you think I'm some kind of an animal that you're going to send scurrying home, that I'm some kind of defeated foe? But what he did not understand was he had the ammunition that he needed. What he needed was the courage to pull out the ammunition to begin the battle so that when he stepped out on the battlefield, and boy, I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm about to say to you. I know where his hand was. It wasn't down here, remembering some ancient history. It was right up here, and he found the faith of a lion and he found the face of a bear and when he stepped on the battlefield his testimony stepped down on the battlefield and he declared look the same god who delivered me from the lion the same god who delivered me from the bear let me bring it forward the same god who set you free from all of your addictions your struggles and your problems goes to battle with you if you remember what god has done you will walk in victory amen I'd like to preach here a few more moments, but God wants to do something tonight. Let me take you all the way back to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. We miss the beauty of the moment. Here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 21, it tells us a deep truth. Here's what we see. That when he was old, after he had already given up hope, that Jacob stood before the sons of Joseph and he, watch this, it's very key, he took his staff in his hand and he worshiped. Why? Jacob was not the eldest son. He may have tried to trick his way there, but he was not the eldest son. So Jacob, as I told you, had carved those key things in. Somewhere was the birth of, of 12 sons and how God delivered him and what God had done and all the victory that God had brought him and, and, and how God had brought him back to his land of promise and what God had done maybe uh, with, with his brother and restored their relationship. And, and watch this now. But somewhere down that staff, there was a horrible day in the life Somewhere his hand felt a mark that he had brought and he had pulled out his knife and through the power of tears, watch what God wants you to hear tonight, listen to me, through the power of tears, he sat down. Somewhere he looked and he, he found the mark of, of where Joseph was born. Wow, God had given him a son by this one that he loved so dearly. And he found that mark and he came down that, from that mark and there's a clear spot. And this is not supposed to be this way. You're not supposed to remember your children's passing. You're supposed to go before them. And so he pulled out that knife and he began to carve And the tears fell upon that rod. There on that day, he told the story of how his other sons had reported that this son was dead. Taken by a wild animal, they had brought a bloody claw uh, coat. They had, they had, they had showed him. They had proven to him that their son has been eaten. He has been consumed. And and so, listen to me now. I don't know who I've come to speak to tonight, but somebody needs to get this. Some of you have, you have, you have shed tears over things that seemingly are gone. Some of you have buried your hope. Some of you have buried your joy. Some of you feel that because of your mistakes and your failures that, that you cannot walk in the call of God on your life. Some of you feel that because you went back to a sin that God had already delivered you from, that, that somehow that you would never be able to walk in the purposes of God and freedom again, and, and so you've carved into your life. You always come back to that. People say it like this to me. Oh, I used to be used of God until... And so Jacob carved his until moment. I'll never be whole again. I'll never be complete again. I'll never be able to be free again. As he carved into that moment, he thinks that his life is over. And, and the Bible tells us that he became a broken man from that point forward. At one place, uh, he has to send the older sons away, who he judges, and bitterness divides his family, and, and, and anger fills the home all because of that moment. And, and finally, they come back and say that we must take the younger brother of Joseph with us down to Egypt. And he, and he fills that mark, and he says, God, I can't go through it again. Can I just obey the Lord for just a moment Some of you tonight, you're afraid to open back up to your spouse because if you'll let down your guard and let God heal your marriage the way that he wants to in this house, you're like, I can't go through the pain of loving them again. What happens if they fail me again? Some of you are afraid that you're going to mess up again. You're going to struggle again. You're going to end up back in the same program or or end up back in the same defeat. And everywhere you walk, your hand is on that mark of defeat. I imagine the moments that he'd sat around, the many years that he'd cried, the moments of despair as he cried, not knowing that God was working something supernatural for him. And so one day they come to him and they go, Dad, we got to tell you something. We lied to you what do you mean you lied to me that Joseph lives what is all this you have with you sons your son now rules in Egypt boys don't get my hopes up look preacher don't you get my hopes up God can't use me again Preacher, don't you tell me God can set me free if he can't set me free. I've come to declare to you tonight that the same fire of God that burns something off of my life can burn something off of your life if you'll trust God. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and stand with me so I'll hurry. Imagine as it were the music began to play. They have come down to Egypt and he has now lived out the rest of his days in wonder. As he lives in wonder of the moment that his son that was dead now lives again. And the scripture tells me a very significant thing here. But I'm going to sidetrack for a moment and say this. If the rod of Moses had not been used the way that God intended, the rod of Aaron would never have had the opportunity to blossom as a testimony. If Moses had looked at that and said, I'm no good and left it laying there with all the evil that it represented and as it writhed in the sand of the desert, he said, I'm not picking that back up. God told me to lay it down. And the rod of Aaron would have never had a reason to bud. This is what God spoke to me earlier today. The work of the cross is finished. But we are the fruit and the blossoms of the cross to the world. The revival that's happening... The move of God. I'm not just talking about in Dawsonville, Georgia. I'm talking about across the world today of people that are walking in repentance because the cross is the only hope for the world today. The cross is the only joy that we have, the only peace that we have. We'll never, watch this, we'll never be able to be seen the way that God wants it seen in our towns and our families and our churches until we learn this simple principle. Watch this. Until I'm willing to take the places of my greatest defeat begin to worship. You are worthy. Pastor Don, but what are you talking about? Are you not are you not following me there? Let's get that song ready. Uh, you were worthy of it all. Uh, 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 Pastor Don, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the fact that, that he didn't worship up here when God took him away from home. He didn't lean upon the staff right here when God gave him 12 sons. I believe that his hand crept down to the very mark to where his until happened, to where there was no more hope, there was no more future, there was no more nothing, there was no life because it, the dream was dead, the sun was gone, everything was over, and the Bible says, my goodness, somebody needs to begin to declare tonight that God's worthy in spite of the failures of your life. That God's worthy in spite of the things that seemingly seem gone from your life. And all of a sudden he leans in and he puts his finger on that spot and he begins to declare God, I didn't know how you were going to bring me through, but you brought me through. God, I didn't know I would ever have joy again, but you gave me joy again. And now I don't only worship in front of that son that was dead, but I worship in front of his children can I tell you God wants to restore your fire he wants to restore your joy and he wants to take a people who feel like their life is too marked up and he says if you'll just give it to me I will make it a testimony to what I can do it's that simple what did God do with that rod of testimony Moses stretched it out and deliverance came. Do you know what you need to do tonight? I'm not perfect. I've failed you. I've been bitter. I've been wounded. I'm walking in defeat. But God, if you can take this, I promise you that I will use it for your glory. When you give it back, every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. When you preach a message that goes nothing like you intended to go, but you feel like God is all in it, you know he's doing something in the house. How many of you, God's speaking to your heart right now. Can I see your hand if God's speaking to your heart? It's probably 70% of this congregation. Put those hands down for just a moment. God's ready to deliver somebody in this place. You're about to be freed. Victory's coming to your house. I want to ask you a question. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Don, I've never thought there was hope for me to have a life with Christ. Because I'm so scarred and beat up by sins and failures and years worth of addiction and years worth of, 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 of bitterness and years worth of struggles. But tonight I want to i want to give my heart and my soul to a God who says, if you'll throw it before me, I'll pick it up and I'll make it better. If you want to surrender your heart completely to Jesus Christ tonight, you want to know Jesus as your Savior. And I, I feel God speaking to us right now. You're going, Pastor Don, there's no hope for my life. No, there's no hope if you keep it in your hands, but if you will lay it down before the cross. The cross will bloom with grace for you. The cross will bloom with his his love for you. The cross will provide everything you need. If that's you tonight, you say Pastor Don? I'm in this house, and I want to surrender my life completely and wholly to Jesus Christ. Listen, the Bible says we have to confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe with our heart that God raised Him from the dead, and then we give it everything to Him as we believe, walk by faith. By faith, I'm declaring good things are about to come to your house right now. So if that's you, by faith, I declare good things are about to come to your house. If you say tonight's tonight, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ completely and wholly. I don't care how many times you prayed this prayer. I want to see your hand right where you are. I want you to hold it up as fast as you can. Hands are going up literally all over this place. Literally all over this place. All right, listen. Right now, as we begin to celebrate, those of you that made that declaration tonight, start moving from where you are. And I want you to come right here where I believe there's a fire of deliverance as Pastor Todd proclaimed earlier. Come, start walking. Start walking. If you raise your hand for that prayer, come on, celebrate them. Come right here, right here. Start walking. Start walking. People are getting saved. People are giving their life to Jesus Christ right now. come on. So Before the Father, not before us, not a man. I want altar workers quickly to get around as many of these as they can, because we're gonna. Uh, God has been speaking to me lately about praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit of God. Oh, as we're about to pray, and they're gonna receive Jesus. We're gonna be warring over them. There's a past that's trying to hold them back that's gonna be broken by the anointing of Christ right now. There's gonna be deliverance, and they're gonna be set free in the name of Jesus Christ by the power of God pray a prayer different than I ever have for them for a point of salvation God's gonna set them free right now in the name of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Ghost and the victory of Christ in Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah listen as as quickly as they do that I want ushers at each key point of the aisles just for a moment just give me some ushers or, or leaders security teams or whatever prayer workers also at each key area each key funnel quickly if you will quickly because I don't want people rushing god's about to do right here there are people that are about to get saved and delivered and set free just hold hold those that, that want more uh, back right now this is what heaven is about i'm going to tell you again this is what heaven is about this is what heaven came for so that people's lives would be changed for all eternity so that they might be saved by the power and the blood of jesus christ all right i want to pray over you and if you can hear me if you're down here praying receive Jesus, they're praying over you. But I'm going to pray, my goodness, and what Pastor Todd, I agree with him, that there is a liquid fire of deliverance coming into your life. Right now, there it is in the name of Jesus. It's touching people already. Their victory's coming by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. There's an anointing that's being loosed on you, that when you stepped out from where you were, you cast that rod before him. And now, by faith, I declare with you tonight, I declare that Jesus Christ is lord and as you declare that with me tonight that jesus is lord and we declare that god raised him from the dead and from this moment forward you are god's child god loves you you are forgiven by the blood of jesus christ as you receive that declare it with me i am god's child from this moment forward god is my father and Jesus is my Savior, something's happening inside of you. There's a fire of the Holy Ghost that's beginning to work inside. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost right there. I feel the power and the delivering victory of Christ, the anointing of God. That's the Holy Ghost of God. You, You came in here one way, but you're leaving another. You're leaving another by the authority of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit now. Father, we receive it in Jesus' name. Now, I want everybody that's in this altar, stand to your feet right where you are. If you will, stand to your feet. Stand up. Stand up. You going, Pastor Donna, I'm just getting a hold of God. No, you already got a hold of God. The minute you started walking, God started walking towards you. And listen to me. I see children of, of leaders and spiritual leaders. You know the truth. Of, and you prayed this prayer so many times. I, I see righteous uh, uh, men and women now, children of the Most High God. From this moment forward, you will never be the same again. This is it. It changes now. It changes now by the authority of Christ. There's deliverance now by the authority of This is it. This is the line in the sand. And I'm going to tell you. Last month when I got in that water, God did something in me that I've looked back every time the enemies tried to attack me and I've said, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm free. I'm delivered. Something has changed. I want you to mark this night, this 29th day of September as the night that everything changed as you gave your life to Jesus Christ. And I want this congregation to celebrate that tonight. Come on, celebrate that they have walked to Jesus and Jesus has run to them. gave your life to jesus christ let's get our 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 baptism team ready behind me i want you to come right up this this way right here if you're in the altar don't come yet if you're not in this altar but if you're in this altar come right up through here and we're going to get you ready for baptism tonight if you came for baptism if you just gave your life to jesus christ amen okay just these right here all right if you're ready for baptism this is it those of you that were in this altar right here right now i want to give you Come on, let's celebrate. They just gave their life to Jesus now. Don't back down. Don't back down. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. in the atmosphere, then it's going to come up on the screen and tell you when to come back to the stage. God's doing something in the house tonight. Let me declare it again. I said God is doing something in the house tonight. Give him one more praise. Amen and amen. It's gonna be worth it. We got it, 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 we've got two pools going tonight. It's gonna to be worth it. It's gonna be worth it. Come on up, get your get your information, get your letter. Then you're gonna go back and you're gonna worship. Come on, let's worship. Let's worship. Let's worship. You need prayer tonight. Go right over right over here on my.